Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are going to, uh, decided to go ahead and finish the uh, message that I was into this uh, this morning. Uh, and uh, I prayed and thought and did some study and thought I might um, come up with something else, but I felt like that I really did need to um, finish this message, and we're going, going to do so tonight, so you uh, be much uh, in prayer for us. And um, let me make, uh, before we get in, uh, uh, a couple announcements. Uh, remember, tomorrow starts our seven days of prayer and fasting. We got uh, several of the days, several of the times are uh, marked off. We appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Uh, some of them has got more than one on it, and uh, but we still got some that is open. And uh, uh, look at that as you go out t tonight if you haven't done that. Tomorrow night will be our uh, monthly uh, prayer uh, meeting that we have once uh, once a month. Uh, we're going to be meet. I'm going to be meeting here at 7:15. And if you are cannot uh, be here at that time. Uh, we remind you, if you're at home, uh, cut the TV off, everything else, uh, about that same time, and let us still unite in prayer. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot to pray about. we still got a, a jar full of names here on the altar uh, that for people to come back to the Lord, backsliders. And uh, so there's a great uh, lot of things to pray for. Uh, and so please do that tomorrow evening. The Lord willing, we will be back in service Wednesday night at 7.30 for our midweek Bible study. Amen. And so uh, don't uh, forget that also. And uh, Sister um, Susie mentioned them, and I want to bring uh, uh, their name back to your mind again. That is uh, the Kizzles and their church, their whole family there in Russia. Please put them on your daily uh, prayer list. Uh, this thing is tightening down all over the world. I'll tell you um, uh, another place that's having a lot of the same problems, and I saw him. He was, uh, he was here for the conference, and many of you know him. We've had him, and, of course, had his, uh, his dad here, and, and, and that's Brother Davis from India. Uh, if y'all remember, his dad, uh, our church, our old church, was the last place his dad preached before he went back home to India, and was just almost in a day or two, if he got back, you know, the Lord took him home. Uh, and uh, Brother Johnny uh, Davis, him and his brother Jamie, uh, Johnny and Jamie, Brother Johnny uh, was the one who. Uh, came to be in the conference, and uh, they they're having a lot of a lot of problems uh, uh, with clamping uh, uh, down on Christianity. Everything else is okay. Every other kind of religion you can think of, and India's got got gods by the by the hundreds of thousands. They got all kind of gods in India, and they can worship them openly. Every one of them. There's only one that they can't worship openly, and that's Jesus. Uh, 
when I send him money for people from various churches or individual who supports that particular uh, mission work, we, uh, as of yet, as a church, we don't uh, support that one. But uh, when I get funds to send to him, I cannot, I cannot put anything on that envelope that indicates it has anything to do with Christian church. I've got I've got envelopes that are letterheads with the Associated Brotherhood of Christians. If I was to put a check in that and mail it to him, he never would get it. They see that word Christians on there, Brother Paul, and they would uh, uh, they would uh, take it out, tear it up. He never would get it. Uh, I have to put. Uh, as a return address, my name just plain and not 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 something that's got brother or got bishop or reverend or anything on it. Just just Samuel Pruitt for the return address, and I have to address it to him directly. Nothing to give any kind of indication uh, that uh, it has to do with any kind of Christian uh, religion whatsoever. So. Uh, this thing is tightening down all over the world. And, of course, everybody knows, you know, we are experiencing things here in America now that we've never had, and I never have, never would dream we would have. But anyway, let's get um, in, the, uh, in the message this morning. Uh, I'm preaching a subject titled Life in a Foggy World. Uh, life in a foggy world, and we are definitely, we definitely live in a foggy world today. Amen. And uh, I started out this morning and gave you the story about the uh, of the young lady back in the 50s, Florence Chadwick, who uh, uh, was going to swim that channel, and uh, uh, it was a 26-mile 20, uh, length swim, and uh, she got 25 miles and uh, gave up, and she was she was uh, less than a mile away from the shoreline. And everybody in the boats was telling her, keep going, you're almost there. But she would look up, and she couldn't see nothing but the fog. And in her mind, she thought she had further to go than what she was able to make it. So she she gave up because of the fog and we're going to continue this tonight and finish this message so we're going to go ahead and read philippians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 again uh so that will um, bring it back to your your memory of uh, what we are talking about amen this uh, this evening philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 apostle paul here uh, writing to the church at uh, Philippi, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Fathers, we come to you one more time. We thank you for this service tonight. We thank you, God, for all those that have sacrificed and taken the time to come out this evening. I ask, God, that you will give us the direction and guidance to finish this word 
tonight and you speak to our hearts. Help us to understand what you would have us to know and everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' matchless name. Let everybody say amen and you can be seated. Hallelujah and praise God. I uh, I ended this morning talking about this, uh, uh, the point the fog has clouded our reasoning. And uh, that is surely the case as we talk about things in the world and you hear things. And, man, right now I'm just, I, I'm right in, as old fellow used to say, right in, in the middle of a rock in a hard place. I've gotten to the point that I simply really don't care to listen to the news anymore. I mean, there's so much junk on there, so much bad reports and all of that. And I say, you know, I just can't listen to this no more. It's just too, it's just too depressing and, and all of this. And so I'll back off, but then I begin to wonder, well, you know, I mean, uh, if something might, might happen, something might transpire that I would need uh, 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 to know about. So you just kind of put in, in between there, you know, what, uh, what we need to do. Amen. But there's one thing that is very much important as we read, uh, and I did not talk too much about this part of it this morning, but Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Church, if I'm, I really truly believe tonight, amen, that if we are going to make our goal, if we are going to achieve, amen, what we've started out for, we cannot allow ourselves to be chained to the past. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of people have gotten themselves chained to the past. Uh, one thing that keeps, and, and I hear this everywhere, amen, in churches when we have meetings like where we just come out of, I mean, um, um, we were in meetings and I talked to elders and pastors and, and just plain lay people uh, and churches and uh, from everywhere, all from all the way as far uh, away from California, and uh, and they all a lot of them talk the same thing. A lot of people, and we talk about Pentecostal people now. A lot of people get themselves in a rut, and they think, well, we've always done something this way, and because we've always done it this way, we need to always do it this way. But I don't believe that is the case. Amen. We should not allow ourselves to get in the rut. Now, I do not believe that we change the message. The message stays the same, but sometimes God changes his methods of doing things. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, when you got a change of leadership, some people have a hard time dealing with a change of leadership. When you've been under one leader for for so long, and and, and that leader has taken you uh, down one direction, and then all of a sudden you got a you got a different leader, and uh, and and I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I heard Brother Bobby talking this morning, Amen, about how that Moses. Uh, led the children of Israel through the wilderness, uh, but it wasn't Moses that led them uh, through uh, uh, their, their land of promise. It was Joshua. God had a change. And Joshua did not do the things the same way as Moses. Hallelujah. 
Amen. I love the way Brother T.F. Tenney down in Louisiana put it. He's one of my favorite speakers. And I, uh, when we'd go down to Because of the Times, and I, I, I still listen to his message a lot by going on YouTube and, and different things where he preaches and, every, and everything. And he was talking one time about that same thing, about how we get caught up, uh, amen, and, and doing things when we get settled. Uh, Amen. And I think sometimes we've, I heard Brother Wayne say something before, before church, and we, we might just do that. Don't be surprised if we get in here before we meet, uh, uh, start having service. I say, okay, everybody get up. Everybody on this side, get on this side. Everybody on that side, get on this side. And if you don't do it, I'm going to continue to preach in three, four, five hours till everybody gets moved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We get ourselves, amen, in a rut, and we come complacent. And Moses did not do everything like Joshua, but God was leading Joshua the same way as he led Moses. Hallelujah. Now, when Moses got him down to the Red Sea, what happened? He stretched out a rod. Amen. And the waters departed. They parted. And the Bible said that they crossed over on dry land. You know what that means? Nobody got their feet wet. Another miracle that a lot of people, people, don't, people overlook. You part the waters of a sea or a river, that water has been there for years and years. You're going to have muds several inches, if not feet deep. But the ground was dry. God dried it up. But here comes Joshua, and it comes time for another crossing. But this time, Joshua tells the Levites, the ones who's carrying the ark, he said, I want you to get out there and step out into the water and stand. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, Brother T.F. Tenney talked about that one time. He says, now, if there had been some modern Pentecostals around back, uh, back in that day, they would start complaining to Joshua. Some, if there was some, some of them around, and Moses at the time said, Moses, what are you doing? Oh, get your stick, Joshua, get your stick. Moses used the stick. They're getting their feet wet. But God was leading them in lands and places they have never been before. And I want to tell somebody, one of the surest ways, if you're sick and tired and fed up with everything you got going on in your life and you need a change, let me tell you something. If you want to still do the, get the same results, still do the same thing. We've got to be willing, amen, to forget some things. Forgetting those things that are behind, amen, and let us look forward and let's press forward to see what God is doing. You see, because there is a fog, amen, that is clouding the reason of people. And I ended by telling you this morning about, um, and we read the scripture in Isaiah. I'm not going to go to that one. We're going to go to another one here in, in a minute. But talking about how people today just simply don't have good 
judgment. Amen. The fog is clouded. Their judgment. People don't know how to how to think straight. It seems like sometimes, and it's all because of the different kind of fog that people's life is involved to. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take you to Isaiah, but chapter five. Verses 20 and 21, and I want to read that. We didn't read this one this morning. Hallelujah. We're still talking about the fog has clouded our reasoning. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Hallelujah. Praise God. It should be, uh, should be already in there. We just hadn't got to it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. How many knows that that is exactly the day that we are living in today? Hallelujah. That is exactly the day people have got uh, their, their reasoning clouded by this fog of, uh, of the world and sin. And they're calling evil good. Amen. They're calling good evil. Hallelujah. They put darkness for light and light for darkness and bitter for sweet. We are living in that time, amen, that the prophet Isaiah spoke about 750 years before Jesus was even born. My, my, the fog has clouded our reasoning. Amen. What we've got to do, amen, is what in the New, in, in the New Testament, and I don't have this scripture down, but uh, how many how many remembers where uh, Apostle Paul taught, taught uh, uh, the young men of God that he was training and teaching and the people in the church? He said, we have got to be sober-minded. Hallelujah. We got to be sober-minded. That they don't have anything to do about. Uh, he's not talking about not taking a, a drink of Jack. There, I mean, now there's some other places about that. But when he said being sober-minded, you need you need to get your mind clear, folks. We need to think straight. Hallelujah. We need, to, we need to get the fog, amen, that's clouding our reason out that we can see and we can understand and we can perceive, amen, because we are living in some dire times. We are living in some times like we have never seen before, and this preacher believes that things is going to get a whole lot worse before it gets any better. Hallelujah. I want to take you to another point. And this is the point that we will finalize on in our message tonight to finish this message out. I want to talk about the fog has clouded our perception. Hallelujah. The fog has clouded our perception. You see, sometimes fog can become so dense that you can't see things just a few feet in front of you. Anybody ever been in any fog at Vic? Sometimes fog can get so dense and so thick, you can't you can't see something that's just right in front of you. I, when I was reading the story about the swimmer this morning, I I read to you and told you even though that she had people in boats on both sides of her, 
the fog out in the middle of that channel had gotten so thick she couldn't even see those boats. And if you remember, I told you how that uh, there were men in some of those boats that had had rifles and guns because they knew those waters were shark infested. Uh, amen. Uh, every once in a while there would be one of those well, rifles go off that would startle her. That was something else. Amen. That uh, that got her mind uh, off of where she was going to. Because, see, those those others could see the sharks coming close. To, amen. And the fog was so thick she did not see. I'm telling you, folks, amen, the devil's got a fog so uh, thick right now. He is bringing danger down people's uh, path. Amen. And people cannot see the danger and what's going on. My Lord, hallelujah. They can't see. Uh, they are blinded. Hallelujah. Amen. There's another just scripture just come to my mind. Amen. The word of God talks about, hallelujah, he talking about this gospel, amen, and how this gospel, amen, so many can't see it. They can't perceive it. They ain't got no perception of it. But the word of God says if this gospel be hid, it's hid to those who are what? Lost. My, what's got it hid from them? It's this fog of the world and Satan and everything else that clouds our perception to where we can't see things. And again, I'm talking spiritually now. I'm talking about a spiritual fog. We can't see things as just a just a few feet, amen, around us, amen, in, in, in front of us, hallelujah, amen. I want to take you to the book of Acts, chapter 28, and verses beginning at verse 24 and read down through verse 27. Listen to this. Now, we're talking about the fog clouding our perception. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Notice that. Notice the contrast. When, when uh, the ministers there, and, um, uh, Apostle Paul and all those in his, uh, in his uh, company was, was pre- going from place to place ministering and preaching. And some, it said, believed the things that were spoken. Some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they couldn't even agree agree among themselves. Hallelujah. Their perception was, was clouded, clouded by a spiritual fog. Let me go ahead and continue to read. They departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, uh, for uh, hearing and ye shall hear and shall not understand. Can't perceive what they hear. Hallelujah. They can't perceive it. They are hearing it, but they can't perceive it. They cannot understand it. And seeing, you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them my 
nigh, nigh. That's the way it was in Paul's time. How do you think it is today? How much worse is it is today? Now, for the sake of time, I did not read that whole setting, and you can go back and you can read above and beyond this, and you'll find out right here is where something happened. When Paul began his travels, he went to the Jews first. Hallelujah. He tried to reach the Jews, but these people that he was talking about, uh, seeing but not perceiving and, and not understanding, he's talking to the Jews. And right after that scripture, he made the statement that from henceforth, he said, we shall go to the Gentiles. My, my. Folks, you got something to rejoice in that right there. Because you know why we're in this thing? You know why we're in it? Because they didn't accept it. They rejected it. They rejected it. Paul tried and he tried. They, they beat him. They put him in prison. They did everything that they could. But the Jewish people had a, had a fog that they were trapped in. And that fog could not let them see who Jesus is. And do you know, it's sad, even though I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches it, that the Jews are God's chosen people. I understand that. But they're still trapped in that fog. They don't know. They're looking for the Messiah to come for the first time. They're looking. And that's why I praise God. And I told, I think I told everybody this after we came back from our little short uh, uh, vacation trip that we took down uh, to Savannah, Georgia. And when we uh, had the opportunity and went in and took the tour of that, that Jewish synagogue. And uh, uh, it, was, it was Sister Darlene that spoke up and uh, uh, told, told the man, said, well, I said, my husband pastors the church himself. He said, oh, really? And he said, well, you, you know, come on up here. Let me, let's, let me take you up here to the, and I told you about that. They don't call it the Burma. They call it, they, uh, they don't call it the platform. They call it the Burma. And uh, as I, I walked up there, and I was looking looking at the Bible stand where they un, un, unwrap those scrolls and read, read from the law on the Sabbath, Sabbath day. And uh, the guy says, go ahead. He says, I, he says, I can tell you want to. <laughs> he said, go ahead. And so I just stood right there, and I didn't, I didn't have, have my Bible with me, but I, but I brought out Deuteronomy, hallelujah, the, oh, what, what their whole faith, amen, Judaic faith is built upon. And I stood right there. Man, it made me feel so good, hallelujah. I stood right there in that big, huge Jewish synagogue that's about three or four times as big as our sanctuary here. I said, I quote in the scripture, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And his eyes brighten up. Hallelujah. I said, yes, you know, they understand that. And, you know, you know one reason I found out I, by, by, by talking to some and understanding some, Brother Douglas, 
I understand one reason why the Jewish people still have a hard time accepting uh, uh, what uh, uh, about Jesus because this this doctrine of the Trinity that the majority of the church world teach they ain't going to never accept that. And Deuteronomy six four, I think that's where it's found out. Is exactly why the Lord our God is one. Hallelujah, He's one. Amen. Everything they have is 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 hinged on that. Hallelujah. And I love to be able to talk. Amen. Glory, man. I had, I had a great uh, uh, conversation with Jehovah's Witness one time, and uh, uh, I worked with this man. He didn't come to my house. I worked with him several years ago, and uh, he automatically jumped on this thing. He says, "Man," he said, "Y'all," he said, "Y'all so messed up." He said, "Y'all," uh, he said, "Y'all believe that there are y'all y'all believe that there are three. I says, "No, sir." Sure don't. He said, yeah, you do. And they, he had done talk with so many denominational people. Hallelujah. And he began to point out. And he was amazed. He talked to somebody else that, that studied a little bit further. He said, you know, every place, he said, every place in the Old Testament that you see the, the, the name Lord in all capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, said in the original, it's Jehovah. I said, that's right. I said, that's the Hebrew tetragrammaton. He said, what? I said, it means four letters. I said that the Jewish people, amen, thought that the name of God was so holy and pure that it shouldn't be pronounced by everybody. So they took the vowels out of it and they used the word Lord. Man, he liked to fell over in his truck. He said, I ain't never heard nobody, um, a Trinitarian like you, tell me something like I said, because I'm not Trinitarian, because I believe that Jesus Christ is Jehovah. There's only one. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Thank God that one day that fog got cleared from my eyes. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Amen. There was a day and a time that I walked into that fog myself and I couldn't see. And then, you know, it was amazing. After I got baptized, my old brother Gibson down in Columbia, Tennessee, he's been dead now many, many years. I came back to the house, sat down at the kitchen table, hoped up my Bible, and I started seeing things, perceiving that I, I'd, I knew was there, but it never did click before. I remember turn after I was baptized in Jesus' name, turning to Isaiah 9 and 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And uh, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. I, I said, I never, I've read that. I mean, Lord of mercy, we, we used that when I was a kid in, in, in the church I was raised up in during Christmas time. Man, they would quote that. But, my perception, I couldn't, I couldn't perceive that. 
Because there was a cloud. Let me tell you something. There ain't nothing as good if, if, if you're getting cloudy. Get, get baptized in Jesus' name and it'll wash away the cloud. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you begin, amen, to accept the truth of the word of God, glory to his name, it'll take the cloud away. Hallelujah. The fog has clouded people's perception. Amen. They don't understand. They don't see. And uh, had a guy one time, he said, I would come here, y'all. He said, but y'all, uh, <laughs> he said, I know about y'all. I said, what do you know about us? He said, I'm afraid if I come over, y'all going to pull out one of them snakes. <laughs> I said, oh, really? I said, well, I said, most snakes in my life I've handled been two-legged. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's about the only ones. I was walking. I, I usually run from the rest of them. I was walking down a. Uh, old railroad track one time years years ago I'm, um, I'm just a whistling in my mind I don't know what I remember what I was thinking on and man about uh, about four uh, foot in front of me up I mean just straight up about as tall as I did, was a black racer just right, right up there out of the weeds looking at me and I said bye bye and even though back then I was considerably lighter than I am now. <laughs> waist about 20, 29 waist, I think, then, or something, something like that. Still, I was, I was foolish to think I could, out, I, I could outrun that racer. If he wanted to catch me, he could call me. But uh, he decided he didn't want to chase me that day. Hallelujah. But um, here's, here's the thing, folks, I'm going to say, uh, say in closing. I, I'd uh, like for a brother to come back to the, to the keyboard. What we are challenged to do, and most of us, about all of us here tonight, we, we understand the truth. We're in the church, and I really feel like what God would, would speak for us tonight is what our challenge is, is how we can go about and change the perception that a lot of people have about apostolic people. Come on. I was talking to a brother in Hot Springs, and uh, uh, he pastors uh, he pastors a church in uh, Visalia, I think is how you pronounce it, Visalia, California. And uh, I said, you know, I says, brother, it's a shame that we got this beautiful message about the mighty God in Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost. But yet, we carry on so much junk and tradition that's really not a part of the Scriptures that we want to add, just like those Jewish people did, that turns people away, and we never get to tell them the truth of who Jesus is. 
and that's the truth. People's minds are clouded. And if we're going to reach people in this day and age, we've got to do something to help get them out of the fog. We've got to help help in some kind of way clear up the, the perception. And I pray God help me be one and be a soul winner. You know what the Bible says about a soul winner? The Bible says a soul winner, he who winneth souls is what? Wise. 